0: Welcome back to Agent Investor, inspiring stories of active agents investing in real estate and building passive income. In a business where potential deals are all around you, why not leverage your skills to invest for yourself, your family, and your future? And now, let's jump into the latest episode of Agent Investor. Every Tuesday at 11 o'clock, I come at you live with the topic that I feel is relevant for the group. We've crossed over the 12,000 agent mark in the Agent Investor Facebook group. And each and every week, I talk to agents that are in my Inner Circle program. I talk to people, agents that are outside of my Inner Circle program. And I just see kind of what they need help with. And out of asking those questions and talking to members in the group, we come up with topics that we think make sense to teach on, to train on, ultimately to help you achieve your real estate investing goals in a quicker, more efficient, and ultimately a safer way. Today's topic is on short-term rentals. And it all kind of started maybe 7 to 10 days ago. I was on a, a chat, a message thread, I should say, on my iPhone with two of my best friends growing up. My two best friends from growing up both own and operate short-term rentals, and they do it very successfully, and they do it very profitably, and between the two of them, they own rentals, uh, multiple rentals in Hawaii, Cape Cod, and Florida, okay, so three, of course, really hot destination areas, three places I'd love to go uh, pretty much at any time during the year, maybe not the Cape in the winter, but Cape right now sounds pretty good, Um, so The thread started with them both, you know, we're all talking as a group. We all grew up together. I don't own any short-term rentals, but I've watched them own and operate short-term rentals for, for over a decade now. As we were kind of just going back and forth on the thread, nothing business related, one of the friends basically put out there, he asked the question to the other one saying, hey, have your bookings been slower this year? Uh, For some reason, I'm not getting as many bookings as I usually do at this time. Have you noticed that your rentals, your short-term rentals, your bookings have been a little bit slower? And they went back and forth for a while, just talking about different strategies and things that they're doing. And um, ultimately, long story short, both of them are experiencing a little bit of a slowdown in the bookings that they have. That's where this all kind of started. That's why I started this conversation. That's why I did that post on my personal Facebook page. Which, again, if you guys are not connected to me, you're following me on my personal Facebook page, and you want more information from me that's not necessarily always in the agent investor Facebook group, I recommend going to Tommy Caffarella, T O M M Y, you know, and then my last name, and just sending me a friend request or following me. Because there's a lot of stuff I put on my personal page that I don't put in the group, because a lot of times I don't want to flood the group with with stuff all day long. Uh, but on my personal page, I just you know kind of go crazy and I share a ton of information. Anyways, so they started that conversation about you know whether their rentals have been a little bit slower. Then I did a post about essentially why I'm not loving short-term rentals as an investment strategy right now. And before I go into detail as to why. I do want to, you know, put the disclaimer out there. And this is so important because you know, I am right now talking to a group of people all with different individual goals, all with different financial situations, all with different lives, all with different objectives. So, I'm going to say a lot about short-term rentals today that's going to apply to most people. Okay? Having said that, there are some people that are listening right now that it may still make sense for you to invest in short-term rentals. It's more of a situational thing. And if I had to kind of like put a number on it, I would say that the advice I'm about to give today probably is going to be applicable to 80 to 90% of the people that are listening. For the 80 to 90% of the people that are listening, short-term rentals probably is not going to make a lot of sense for you to get into starting now. There's another 10 or 20% of the people that are listening right now where it may make sense for you to invest in short-term rentals. And as I talk to a group of people who are not interactive with me, who I can't even see right now, who's actually watching, I just know that there are people that are watching. I want to be really clear just to say that everyone's a little bit different. Everyone has a different starting point, ending point. So with that being said, as I'm Giving this information and giving my opinion on why I won't invest in short-term rentals right now, because it doesn't make sense for me and a lot of people, if you're unsure on whether or not short-term rentals might make sense for you, or you feel like you have a specific or unique situation, the biggest recommendation I can give to you is to jump on an Inner Circle call. And You can do that for free one time by going to www.agentinvestorinnercircle.com. Again, that's www.agentinvestorinnercircle.com. It's a free call. Um, You'll be able to talk with me directly about where you are at in your investing career, where you want to go, and what are the steps that need to be taken in order to bridge that gap between where you are today and where you want to be five or 10 years into the future. And we can also discuss investing vehicles and definitely discuss short-term rentals if short-term rentals are something that you're interested in. So having said all of that, I do want to talk about the top five reasons why I won't invest in short-term rentals, the top five reasons why I wouldn't recommend 80 to 90% of the people that are listening to investing short-term rentals, okay? And again, before I do that, one more thing, I will say that the two friends that I have are doing very well with their short-term rentals. They're doing very well with their short-term rentals, though, for a reason. And the number one reason that they're doing well with their short-term rentals because they bought those a while back and that's going to lead into reason number one as to why I won't buy a short term rental right now, which is that I believe that the prices are too high in most cases. Okay. So I'm going to give you real life examples with these two friends of, you know, what they did and why they're making money today and why it would be so challenging to make money if they were going to invest in their same properties today. So, my my first friend that was on that thread uh, bought his first short term rental in 2013, shortly after my daughter was born. Um, I was there, you know. We were so excited for him to buy this thing. We were like digging out the basement with him. We were doing all sorts of stuff, all sorts of physical manual labor. And I remember he bought that property in the Cape, Lakeshore Drive, right on a lake, drivable to Falmouth downtown. Smaller property, Cape. But could sleep, you know, three to four people, three to four families. Actually, I should say probably more like five to six people, Um, because I'm counting us back in the day with no kids or maybe just one kid as a family. So, smaller house, maybe 1,500, 1,600 square feet overall. And he paid $250,000 for that property. I'm going to say it again. In 2013, he paid $250,000 for this lakefront property. Now granted this property needed to work. I think he put about seventy dollars to $80,000 into the property. So let's just add that up and assume that he's in the property for $350,000. So he's in this Cape for $350,000. And back then he could rent out that property for the 10 weeks um, during the Cape season for around $3,500 a week, right? It was about 500 bucks a day back then. It's so a little bit more now. At the end of the day, he was profiting somewhere around fifteen dollars to $20,000 per year on that one asset. Looked like a really good purchase. Again, going back to 2013, you would say, okay, what do I want in a short-term rental? First thing is a location that people are always going to want to go to. Yes, the Cape. Yes, it's right on water. So they have access to you know, do all the fun you know, water stuff, whether it's kayak or whatever you want to do on the water. It, it covers the expenses. It well covered the expenses, right? So again, he was taking in $3,500 a week, $35,000 a year. And I think all in, he was all into the property for twenty dollars to $25,000 a year, including interest, taxes, and all that other stuff. Um, but more importantly, again, reason number one why I would not invest in short-term rentals today is because the prices are so high. One of the most important things about him buying during the right time period is the fact that just a few years later he was able to refi that property, pull money back out, take that money and reinvest it into another short-term rental. This part of investing a lot of times gets overlooked. People don't think about it. They only think about cash flow. Like if you read a Robert Kiyosaki, you know, cash flow book, all that they talk about is making sure that the asset can cash flow, which I believe is so important, but there's another component to it. Which is, are you getting it at the right price so that two, three, four years later, you can refi, pull some money out of the property and invest in another one? Because if you just cash flow, if you just buy an asset and it cash flows, but two or three or four years later, it doesn't really go up in value, you are losing the most important component of achieving financial freedom, which is using your assets as a piggy bank to take money out and then put money down on another property. That, if I had to pick one or the other, if I had to pick having a lot of cash flow and not being able to refi two or three or four years later down the road, or just a little bit of cash flow and being able to refi just a couple years down the road, I would actually choose having just a tiny, tiny bit of cash flow, but the ability to pull out equity two or three years down the road, because that is what allows you to continuously buy more and more and more and more properties, and that's what he ended up doing. Think about that. 2013, he paid $250,000 for this property, put 70, 80 into it, maybe was into it for 350, and was collecting $35,000 a year in rent. Now, fast forward to today, that same property, I'm going to estimate that that property would be worth eight, nine hundred thousand dollars today. And you might say, well, it's been 10 years, so the, re- so the rents have gone up. Yes, absolutely. The property has gone up about four times, right, in value. So if you're going to buy this same exact asset today, you're going to have to pay four times the amount. And in order for that to cash flow in the same way, you would actually most likely have to get more than four times the amount of rent when you actually factor in that interest rates are higher. So I'm kind of making two points at the same time, and I don't want to get it confused. But if you have to pay, call it, a million dollars for the same asset today, you would need at least four times the amount of rent. So think about that logically. That you know unit that was renting out for, what was it, uh, $500 a night would actually have to rent out for $2,000 a night. $2,000 a night or, four, what is it, fourteen? dollars thousand dollars a week, right? In order to have the same similar financials. And we just know that like a Cape, you know, uh, like a smaller house on a lake in the Cape, you know, it's not a $2,000 a night thing. And I don't even know what the numbers are today. I'm going to guess that they're probably more like seven, eight, nine hundred. So maybe the rent's doubled, but the actual value of the asset is four times. And, And why is that? One of the reasons why, the assets have increased so much in value is because everybody wants to do it, which is another reason why this isn't even in my top five reasons, short-term rentals just scare me in general. Um, Anytime that anybody's doing everything, anything, or they want to do any type of investing or they're talking about it all the time, it makes me very nervous because the crowd is typically wrong. In almost all cases, by the time I sit down in my barber chair and there's somebody telling me for whatever reason that they're going to buy a short term rental. That makes me very nervous. It makes me very nervous that everybody and their mother thinks that this is the best investing thing. And why, why wouldn't it, you know, be, I mean, if you think about it, kind of like the attractiveness factor to it, it's like you can own a bunch of vacation properties. You can even spend time in them yourself. Right. And while I'm talking, Amy said, I live in Florida and the market is still hot. Everything is selling fast. Yes, everything is selling fast, which is exactly the reason why I would not recommend investing in short-term rentals because of the fact that you can't get a deal, right? So you're saying things are selling fast. Yes, these short-term rentals are selling fast and for too much money. And that's the the exact reason why I would not invest in them. So again, I, I talked about the fact that I think that these values are overpriced. I talked about the fact why everybody wants to do it talked about the fact that my concern is that the values of these assets is not going to go up a lot and maybe even has some room to come down over the next few years and if that's the case you're not going to be able to refi a year or two later pull the equity and buy another property which is the most important part about investing like if you want to build you know um an asset chamber if you want to if you want to build you know this big massive portfolio unless you have millions upon millions of dollars for down payments You need to be able to buy a property at a good price, get appreciation, and then refi it and take money from that property and buy another one. Ultimately, what they call the burst strategy. And if you're buying at the top, or even if you're buying and the asset isn't going that much up, it makes me worried. So reason number two why I wouldn't invest in short-term rentals today is the economy. I think everybody knows this. What I'm about to say, I think everybody knows, but I think that in a lot of cases, it's easy to kind of overlook it. Which is that short term rentals, renting a short term vacation property is discretionary spending, meaning that nobody has to go on vacation. Nobody. There's nobody in the world that, if they give up their vacation, is gonna suffer some massive loss. Um, Yes, maybe mentally you'll say, you know, I needed a vacation that year or whatnot, but it's completely discretionary. And in fact, if I look at even what I do, And I I think about like what I spend money on. I spend money on, you know, my mortgages for my two properties that I own, my personal residences, you know, cars, food, you know, kids activities, and then vacations. I mean, those, maybe I'm missing something. I probably am. Those are the things that kind of come off the top of my head that I spend most of my money on. And and the one that would, it's the most easiest for me to cut is vacations, right? Again, think about these things, right? Like if I have to cut something, I'm not going to stop paying my mortgages. I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to stop paying my car payments. I need a car. I'm not going to stop eating. Maybe I'll cut down on eating out or stuff like that. I'm not going to cut down on my kids' activities. I mean, I'm not going to tell my son that he can't play hockey this year so that we can go on another vacation, right? I'm not going to have him give up six months of fun for like one week of staying in a short term rental property. When the economy changes, less people will be looking for these assets at the same time. At the same time, there are more of these assets on the market, right? As people start doing this and they've started doing it in droves, more supply is being added to the market. While at the same time, less people are out there looking now. As I said this on my personal Facebook page, and somebody pointed this out to me, every, everybody likes to kind of um, comment on different things. And a lot of times their comments are not the full picture. And the comment was said to me that, you know, if you have a rental in a really nice location, it's always going to rent, which is a factual statement. If you have a short-term rental in a nice area with a lot of amenities, somebody will rent it. But that's not the point. That's actually missing the point. It's not that it can't rent, it's at what price will it rent, okay? So the way that supply and demand works is just simple. When there is more supply and less demand, prices come down. So I don't care where your vacation property is. I don't care how desirable it is. If there is way more options for people to rent the same exact type of property, and a lot less people are looking to rent that same exact type of property, then rents are going to come down. What, so when we talk about like point number one of why I won't buy short-term rentals, it kind of gets combined with point number two, which is that if you're paying a ton for that asset up front, right? And you need every last dollar, every last collected dollar of projected rent to even break even or make a couple bucks. And then all of a sudden, rental prices come down a little bit You've got, a, you've got a really bad situation there, right? So, so the thing that I would look at if I was thinking about doing short-term rentals for any reason, I would start to look and say, what if my rents came down by 20%? Would this property still work? And I don't know, there's no necessarily magic formula to what I'm saying, but I would start to look and I would say, if for whatever reason, if for whatever reason my rents come down, can I still carry this property? And to give one more you know simple story to this, we actually got an opportunity to buy an off-market property on Cape Cod, a really, really nice location. It was actually a property that we got under contract to flip. And after we got the property under contract to flip, we started running the numbers. And just like everybody else, like as I'm talking about why I won't invest in short-term rentals, I still have a desire to invest in short-term rentals because I think it would be a really cool business. But we started you know, running the numbers on these and what we found in, in this deal that we got off market at a discount is that we would need literally every last dollar to even break even. And that was when we looked at it and we said, are we actually thinking about buying this because it's a smart investment decision or do we just want to own a property on the Cape and have it once in a while for ourselves? And that's what it ended up really being. And we said, okay, if we're gonna do something like that, it's not an investment. For it to be an investment, it's gonna go up in value, right? It has to really cash flow. All right, so reason number three why I will not invest in short term rentals is regulation. Okay, so so regulation is is really, really tricky. And actually there's there's another one that's tied to that, but we all know that there's regulation risk with these short-term rentals, and one one cool thing that somebody pointed out when I actually did this post the other day was that they said that they buy these short-term rentals with the intention to rent them out short-term, but with the ability to still cash flow even if they had to be long-term rentals. Meaning that if you're renting this short-term rental for two thousand dollars a week, if for whatever reason regulation got shut down a regulation shut down the ability to, for you to do this as a short-term rental, you would still rent it out long-term and cash flow. And I thought that was brilliant. And this is why, you know, as I'm sitting kind of, you know, standing in front of you all, talking into a mic, there are sp- specific situational things that depending on what, what market you're in, depending on what your strategy in it is, it still may make sense to invest in short-term rentals. I won't do it for all the reasons that I'm talking about today. But if you're curious, if you have a specific reason why you think short-term rentals would work for you, I'd love to have the conversation with you one-on-one to talk a little bit about you know where you're at today, where you want to go, and whether or not this could be a good strategy for you, or maybe it's just not. In order to book um, a free strategy session, again, just go to www.agentinvestorinnercircle.com. Back to regulation. So, me and my wife um, went to Charleston, South Carolina, uh, last April, and we're we're getting we're getting toured around. We're on a horse, actually. The guy the guy who's you know uh, driving the horse or whatever you want to call call that we're on the back of like a buggy. He's talking to us and he points out a property in Charleston, and he said that used to be the most popular short term rental in all of Charleston. And we looked at it and look, looked like a great location and could see kind of why people would want to stay there. And, you know, we said, well, well why isn't it anymore? And he said, well, they don't allow short term rentals in Charleston anymore. Like, just does, don't allow it. And this is the part that I, I think scares me the most about short term rentals. I already mentioned, you know, a couple of reasons why I won't invest in short term rentals. But for me, you know, the the, the biggest reason is regulation. It makes me very nervous that my investing strategy could be taken away by, you know, somebody signing a piece of paper, right? And here's what scares me the most about the regulation is the fact that these hotel chains and other resort type companies, they have millions and millions and millions and billions of dollars to spend to try to lobby, you know, people you know, to, to do this, right. They're they out there, they're out there lobbying. They're out there trying to make it harder for, for people to do short-term rentals. And there can be a lot of reasons why maybe, you know, they can make an argument that short-term rentals aren't good. Right. My opinion is that this is just going to continue where it goes. I don't know. I, I don't really love predicting the future. I can say this, it it's continuously getting worse over the course of time. More and more areas are are putting restrictions or banning it outright. And I don't know necessarily that anywhere is hundred percent safe over the long haul. Now I, I don't want to say what I think is gonna happen because I don't know. I don't know if you know just certain counties might ban it or set up rules. You know, I don't necessarily like know what's gonna happen, but I do know that if you're and this is why all of these five reasons they're combined to be problematic. When you are paying top dollar and you need every last bit of rent, and then the town that you're in says, no, you can't do short-term rentals anymore. Now you're in a place where it's like, well, what do you do with it? And if you don't have that backup plan, like one of the posters on one of my, fe- one of my threads, then what do you do? Just really, really challenging. So regulation is just, it's kind of an unknown. You don't know what's going to happen, but you also know that it's probably not going to improve. You also know that almost no matter where you buy something, there could be a problem, which takes me to point number four of reasons why I won't do this, which is that regulation doesn't necessarily just mean kind of like shutting things down, but regulation can also mean fees. It can also mean that they're changing the way that you can do things. You need to do at least, I think in Hawaii, my friend told me it's it's at least a one month stay. Right, so that's that's technically a regulation that has changed his ability to make money, but it's not that they short shut down, you know, the ability to actually do it. But but point number four is there's all of these fees kind of being popped up, you know, just like a hotel pays taxes and fees and all that stuff. You know, there these municipalities and these um, you know government you know based operations are looking to get paid as well. Now again. Getting back to kind of how all of this stuff ties in together, if you're paying a ton of money, if the economy starts to kind of falter a little bit, and then you have to pay more fees, now you're cutting into your profit margin. Which again, if I had to highlight, you know, one of the biggest points of why I I won't invest in short-term rentals, it's because of the unknown. Like when I go down the hole of putting my blood, sweat, and tears into an investing strategy, I don't like. For the ability for the rules to change. And there's just so much unknown right now with short-term rentals. Even though my friend, you know, started investing in short-term rentals 10 years ago. And even though some people did it even before then, it really hasn't been super mainstream until probably the past like two or three years. And when I say mainstream, I just mean like that my mother now knows about short-term rentals. My mother knows that like it's an option to do this. So I, I just don't like that. And, and, um, and point number five, which is like, again, these kind of all kind of tie together. But it's just something that I've been hearing like over and over again. Short-term rentals used to be known for the ability to get like a much better value than you would be able to get at a hotel. And again, these points really, they do all tie together. What I've been hearing from a lot of people is that, they're being asked to do things when they rent a short-term rental that they wouldn't have to do at a hotel. Simple things that make your stay a little bit less compelling, like making sure the house is cleaned up when you leave, or this type of fee or that type of fee, or you know they used to be able to go to this one spot and there would be a bunch of like towels for them, but now those towels are not available. And I'm giving like just a simple, you know, stupid kind of example. But what I've been hearing, and for those of you, you know, who are doing this, and ultimately, again, these points are all tied together, is that it's becoming a lot more inconvenient and less fun to rent a short-term rental because of the fact that you need to do all these things. And the cleaning example is a really simple one to understand. When my friend bought the short-term rental in in on the Cape in Falmouth in 2013, it wasn't even a thought that the people who stayed should be cleaning because he had plenty of margin to hire a cleaner and, and really a cleaner. In my opinion, they should be going in, whether you do the cleaning or somebody else does the cleaning. But to me, if I'm going to stay at a short-term rental, like I'm going there to vacation, to have fun. I'm not going there to do work. I'm definitely not going there to clean up a property. But why, why has that been something that's changed? Again, why, how this stuff is all tied together is that when people are paying more for these assets, the margins are getting tighter. Municipalities are adding taxes and fees and all this other stuff. Combined with the fact that maybe now there's less bookings, the only way that a lot of these people who own the short-term rentals can survive is by saying, hey, you need to clean the property so that I can avoid paying 300 bucks to have the property cleaned. All of these things, like I said, they all kind of tie together. I give you five reasons. They all tie together to to the fact that it is no longer a highly profitable business to own short-term rentals, to buy short-term rentals. I talked about in the early part of this conversation that 10 to 20% of people who are probably experts and maybe have already done it a lot or have some sort of competitive advantage in doing short-term rentals are going to be fine. My biggest concern is for the people that have never done it before who are thinking about getting in and I believe that those people are swimming against the tide. Something I talk about so much with investing is swimming with the tide or swimming against the tide. When you are swimming with the tide, you know when if you bought that Cape rental in 2013 like my friend for $250,000. You didn't need to be a good operator back then in order to be profitable. You were swimming with the tide. You didn't need to buy that property at a discount to be able to then refinance it a couple of years later because the market was going up. So when you're swimming with the tide and you're buying at the right time, you can be an average and sometimes even a below average operator and still do really, really well. When you're buying at the wrong time, like, and I would define today as the wrong time. You have to be an exceptional operator in order to be profitable. What gets me the most concerned about this is people who have never done short term rentals, who don't understand them, who think it's the best thing in the world because their friend bought one four or five years ago and their friend tells them how profitable it is. And that friend is not considering that they would have to buy in this particular market in order to be successful. And and just really the allure of being like, wow, I would love to own a property in XYZ location, which by the way, in my opinion, my humble opinion, I think is the biggest reason why people want to do this. If you were to give true serum to most people who want to do this, the number one reason they'd be picking short-term rentals is not because they're actually the best financial investment. It's for the allure of, hey, I'm going to own this vacation property and it's an investment at the same time. And and I think that's a dangerous combination. You know, everything I'm saying today, like I said, you know, multiple times, you have to consider your own personal situation, which is why I strongly recommend that if you're listening to this and you agree with some of these points and you're still on the fence of whether or not doing a short-term rental makes sense, I would jump on that one-on-one call with me at www.agentinvestorinnercircle.com and we can kind of talk through your own individual situation. I, I when, when I get on a call with anybody and we talk through your situation, I'm going to look at everything that you have going on. If you're thinking about doing a short-term rental, you probably have a compelling reason to do it and I would love to hear it. I'm either going to poke holes in it and tell you why I don't think it's the right thing to do, or I'm gonna agree, I'm gonna say, hey, you're an outlier, you're the 10 or 20% of people that should do this, and this is why, and I'm gonna tell you that that's the reason I don't love doing kind of group training where I'm not necessarily talking to each person individually, but at the end of the day, like I said, I, I think you just have to be very careful when everybody's doing something, any type of investing, when your neighbor, when your best friend, when somebody else is doing it, you have to really think long and hard about whether it's going to make sense because usually the crowd is wrong. And and the reason why the crowd is wrong typically is because by the time the crowd knows about something, it's already pushed the asset price up too much for it to be a great deal. It's in the beginning phases of that type of investing strategy where like when my friend did this in 2013, when people were saying to him, "Yeah, well, you know, like you'll be lucky to rent out, you know, six weeks or seven weeks, or you know, the economy's not good right now." It's when people are kind of like almost talking you out of something that you can get better values. And when everybody's kind of aligned that you know short-term rentals are the best thing in the world, that actually gives me pause. And I, I don't base all of my investing strategies on being a contrarian. I don't think that that makes sense. But I, but I do think that when everybody's doing something, it makes me question whether or not it's a good opportunity. So again, guys, thank you for, for tuning in. I do want to let everybody who's listening on know about the investment conference that we have coming up. It's a three-hour conference um, at the Sheridan Hotel in Framingham. And it's called Deal or No Deal. There'll be about 50 people there. It's going to be a little bit smaller. I'm going to put the link down below that the people can sign up for. And if you click the link, it's a Jot form, it'll take you to the next event that we have coming up and it's taking place on Tuesday, June 27th from 11 to 2 PM at the Sheridan Hotel in Framingham. And it's called Deal or No Deal because we're going to go through analyzing different types of properties and ultimately whether or not, you know, we how we analyze these properties to make sure that they're good deals. It it kind of piggybacks a little bit about what we're talking about today. So we're going to be showing how we analyze fix and flip opportunities, how we analyze small multifamily cash flowing, you know, one to four unit properties. And then we're going to show you all how we analyze apartment buildings. Analyzing deals is one of the most important parts of this business. It is the part of the business that can make or break you literally. I mean, if you buy a property to fix and flip and it's not profitable, you're losing money literally, you know, vice versa, you know, if you fix and flip and you buy it at a great price, you, you analyze it the right way. Even if the renovation doesn't even exactly go how you planned it, you're probably still going to be profitable. Same thing goes with, sh- with, um, smaller multifamily apartments, same, uh, multifamily rentals. And same thing goes with apartments. So we hope to see everybody. The event is completely free. We're going to be serving lunch 11 to 2 p.m. at the Sheridan Hotel in Framingham. We're trying now to kind of circle around the New England area to give everybody, you know, an opportunity to attend while at the same time picking locations that are somewhat convenient for anybody. Uh, Framingham, I know, you know, for for me, it's going to be like a 40, 45-minute drive. Not too, too bad, but, you know, anybody that's, you know, Worcester County up and down, definitely a great opportunity if you haven't seen one of our events in person to come check it out. So thank you everybody for jumping on today. Again, feel free to book a call at www.agentinvestorinnercircle.com. And we'll see you guys again next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Thanks again for listening to the Agent Investor Podcast and especially Thank you for sharing the show with other agents and reviewing the show on iTunes. Every time you share the show and leave a review, you are potentially changing someone's life. To get free weekly education strategies and to connect with other agent investors across the country, join our free Facebook group at agentinvestor.com. Again, that's agentinvestor.com.